0: Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast. I'm Tom Barbalay, and today, wrapping up the John Draper Crunch stories. I officially retired some John Draper Crunch stories about, I don't know whether it was a year ago, it was some length of time ago. And in fact, it occurred because I had told this story to a small group, including folks who I had not met previously, and one of these folks decided to tell A very intimate and detailed story associated with sexual abuse and it was all very uncomfortable and my friends who were there made me agree not to tell these stories in the future. What I'm going to do is put in some audio from my initial telling of my first experience with John Draper Crunch. Actually, it's not my initial telling, it's my last telling in any case. And that leads into this podcast. So you probably already heard that audio. Now you're waiting to hear the actual story. When I was writing, maybe writing's not the right term, when I was doing the initial part of Field of Chaos, when I was writing antiviral software, this kind of thing, I got in contact with a lot of folk, and a lot of folk got in contact with me. And one of these individuals was a fellow by the name of Anson McDougall. Now, that's a great name, I thoroughly recommend if ever you want to make a fictitious character in a novel just call him Anson McDougall and I'm almost positive that Anson McDougall is actually listening to these podcasts because what I find is lurking in the shadows there tend to be a wide variety of folk from my past that continue to listen to my stuff so Anson if you're listening in this one's for you Anson McDougall was on the fringes of my friendship group his mother was a high school teacher a friend of mine's mother was a high school teacher And also, he's one of the few individuals who I've ever been contacted by the police associated with. Apparently, he'd done some manipulation of some hacking texts or whatever, caused a rather nasty explosion, and the police just wanted to know what kind of character reference I would give for Anson McDougall. He was quite a curious character. He would occasionally pose as his own sister in telephone calls, and he's one of the few individuals that my mother... It was pretty proper and correct in terms of, you know, the Australian matriarchal archetype, would say fuck off to when Anson called. She'd just pick up the phone, pause for 10 seconds, and just say fuck off, Anson. Because either he was impersonating his sister or he was just heavy breathing over the phone. I mean, this guy was basically obsessed with calling my house and doing a wide variety of things. And once per chance, well, let's just say once initially, I had the opportunity to meet Ansel McDougal. My friend had returned after six months away, disappeared off the face of the earth with another individual who also is a podcast listener, but again, waiting in the shadows. And through this meeting, I decided that I'd meet up with Ansel McDougal as well to bring all these folk together. He was a very softly spoken young man, very slight of build, just, you know, like a hanger-on, like someone who wasn't really present, but just hung on. And through my interactions with Anson McDougall, there raised concerns associated with mental health. There were concerns that he'd done things like called through death threats to my house. Generally, his ability to talk to either my mother or brothers in an inappropriate fashion made me feel that it was just a slight mental health issue. After age about 17, I was relatively thankful to have nothing more to do with Anson McDougall Except when Crunch arrived in Canberra with his flunkies. And as his flunkies and Crunch were wandering out to the streets of Canberra, I said to one of his flunkies, I don't really care who you bring back, but just don't bring back this cat called Anson MacDougall, Because I was living on campus at the time, I really didn't need that kind of emotional energy around me. Lo and behold, Crunch came back with his flunkies, and they brought Anson MacDougall with them. Like, of all the people... Canberra has a population of 300,000 people. Crunch and his flunkies were able to find Anson McDougal and bring him back to my dorm room. And Anson was, you know, he was relatively chilled. He said to me, you know, it's cool that you invited me back here to meet John Draper Crunch, you know, a hacking legend. I kind of smiled at him and I said, yes, Anson, yes. <laughs> and also Crunch was carrying a whole lot of San Franciscan acid that he was bringing back. And the only person who actually accepted any of this acid was Anson McDougall. And I can't recall, I think either Anson told me or one of Crunch's flunkies had told me, associated with what Anson was doing at the time I was in college at the time, Anson had become a folk singer. His whole thing was getting up on stage, sitting down, strumming a few notes, and then crying. Crying really heavily, deep sobbing, which he could do for upwards of 30 minutes. And that was his folk music bit. He had found his audience. Young women would sit there and just watch this guy sob uncontrollably. And that was his thing. That was Anson McDougal. That was the last I ever saw of Anson McDougal. And quite frankly, Anson, as you're listening now, please don't get in contact. Just be happy in the fact that you're a lurker to these podcasts. Tom Barbalay in San Jose, signing out.